0: Robert Barry, and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast, episode 102. It's a pretty nice, uh, cool, brisk day here in Sacramento. Hope you're all doing well. Things have been going pretty uh, well for for me here these days. Um, you know, you know, it's Christmas seasons are coming, and uh, just getting ready for all that, you know, and. Uh, on Monday, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm going to go see an early screening of uh, the new Mel Gibson movie *Apocalypto*, so I'll be able to tell you all about that. I know uh, if there's any nudity on the screen, it's going to be really hard not to shout uh, "sugar tits" uh, when, when that happens. But uh, you know, it look, looks like a pretty pretty good movie there. But uh, yeah, things have been going uh, good back at home. Um, my father, you uh, may have uh, heard in previous episodes, he's suffering from dementia. And uh, it's pretty hard to deal with, but it's not without its comedic moments. Uh, the other day, I I came home uh, a little early uh, for lunch, and uh, I brought myself a cheeseburger, so I thought I'd give him one as well. So I went out to him and uh, said, hey, Dad, here's a cheeseburger for you, and started watching TV. And he was very appreciative of that cheeseburger. And uh, he's talking to this uh, friend of his uh, uh, back east, uh, his ex-wife, actually. whole other story. Don't get me started. And, uh, anyway, I'm I'm watching, uh, TV, and he comes in, and he goes, uh, Robert, I don't know how you did it, but you just gave Jill a hamburger, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he somehow was convinced that, uh, Jill, the person he was talking to on the phone, uh, got this hamburger, um... And uh, he was—he was pretty impressed with my ability to be able to send hamburgers through the telephone service. And so I let him believe that, you know, because if uh, he thinks I can do that, This is kind of like a, a sample of my power today. A little, a little earlier today too, uh, I got very upset. I was uh, went to the Office Depot buy some uh, paper and whatnot. And uh, there's this lady in front of me. She's got this like big shopping cart full of stuff. And she's got like four different gift certificates, you know, like 10% off this and $10 off a purchase over $30. That sort of thing. And uh, then she pulls out this check. And she's like writing this check and then she messes the check up. And then she's got to pull out another check and write that check. And I'm just like, you know, my God, in this day and age that you're still writing checks paying for stuff, you know, you can just whip out a check card. I mean, it was just so time-consuming. I, I felt like... I was just getting so unnecessarily mad about it. I felt like yelling at her, like, you know... Hey, why don't you save some time next time and pay her the bag of pennies or something, ma'am? Ugh. So I came home, and, and uh, luckily uh, I got the latest issue of Angry Youth Comics uh, in the mail. It always makes my uh, my day extra special and happy. Uh, Johnny Ryan, as you know, is our our favorite uh, cartoonist here at Retro Crush. And as soon as I got the issue, I thought, hey... Let's get Johnny on the on the phone here, uh, for our latest podcast here and, and talk to him about uh the latest issue and, and what's going on in the world of uh Johnny Ryan and his comics here. So here is the interview for your listening pleasure. We're here with uh Retro Crush's favorite cartoonist, uh, Johnny Ryan. And uh just uh came out with the latest issue of Angry Youth Comics and and, uh, it's kind of a departure issue in that we don't get, uh, Lodi McGee in this one, but it's, uh, all boobs pooter issue. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, boobs pooter there, Johnny?
1: Well, um, he is a comedian. And he sort of has that kind of old fashioned comedian look to him with the, with the straw boater and the, the uh, plaid jacket and bow tie. Hey, you,
0: um, don't, you don't see too many comedians with that, that look these days.
1: No, it, it sort of harkens back to vaudeville days. Right. Um, but he definitely has a, a, an advanced sense of humor. Maybe even more advanced than, than uh, what we are uh, aware of in same times.
0: Yeah, I mean, unlike, uh, you know, some of those vaudeville comedians that did a lot of, like, body jokes or, you know, seltzer water bottle squirting in the face, I mean, he's mm-hmm. able to do things like, uh, um, <laughs> get people to deploy, uh, pity fuck missiles that, uh, go mm-hmm. and get pity fucks from an entire family. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some pretty inspired scenes in here. Like, I, like, uh, you know, there's a, there's a great panel here of, uh, a guy uh, fucking a missile from behind while the missile's eating out the guy's <laughs> wife's ass. You know, it's, uh, uh-huh. I, I, I think that may be the first time uh, that's ever been depicted in, in a cartoon form.
1: Well, you know, I, I try to come up with images that uh, hopefully uh, are new and exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, just, you just—you never really saw, you know, Jack Kirby and, and and the gang doing stuff like this in early Marvel days, and you're you're definitely blazing new frontiers. No, I try do my best. I I, I particularly like a, a panel where uh, Boobs jumps on a trampoline and uh, his feet land on the president's wife's boobs, and uh, these two uh, talking tumors uh, fly out of him, and <laughs> they end up through a special series of constitutional <laughs> amendments end up being our new uh, presidents. It's you a mean
1: the breast cancer odd couple?
0: That's right, the breast cancer odd couple. who uh, Kevin Cancer, the uptight queer, and Carl Cancer, the disgusting slob.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very uh, very, very good stuff there. Now, you, you definitely, uh, you know, push the envelope, as they say in, in the business there. I mean, do you... Do you ever get people that just stop you and say, oh "My God, you know, what 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 are you doing with this stuff?"
1: Um, not really. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll sometimes get people who who say to me, "You know, wow, you there were some things in here that bothered me or, or something." Uh uh-huh. But uh, I mean, I never I never get anybody who is. Or at least nobody uh, approaches me to tell me how how horrible it is, or something. I, I to say that I I, I don't get bad reviews. I'm just saying, like I, I I don't think I've ever received any sort of personal uh, letter or somebody coming up to me and saying something like that.
0: And my mom was a was a gay odd couple tumor. How dare you make fun of her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there, you know, you explore time travel in this issue where uh, you know uh, Boobs goes back in time and uh, shoves the uh, <laughs> it's a patient proclamation up Abraham Lincoln's cunt right. and blows it up and uh, not realizing, you know, just kind of like that Ray Bradbury story where the guy steps on a seed or something and it alters the future because of this turn of events. Uh, mm-hmm. Slavery is never abolished and uh, he ends up flying around in a. Ku collects Klan rocket? <laughs> and shooting death jizz out on the the world's people. It's a you know a tale as old as time. <laughs> I I particularly like uh, reading your, your your letter page in this issue because uh, oh, yeah. uh, well it just it just showed such a, gr- a great cross section of people that like your book. I mean you <clears throat> got a a fourteen year old kid that, that enjoyed your comic. Does that, that trouble you that, that teens that, that young might be reading this stuff, or are you just kind of um, happy to see that that tradition's continuing with? It kids finding crazy me. stuff? I, mean,
1: I I don't think that they're uh, supposed to be. Uh, I don't think they're supposed to be able to buy it. I, I'm not really sure. It's, I mean, it's meant for adults only, but uh, you know, sometimes this stuff gets into the hands of kids. Uh, I noticed
0: this issue doesn't even have a warning on it of any sort.
1: Um, I don't think I've, I've put warnings on my books for quite a while now.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's um, good, you know.
1: I think I, I stopped putting the warning on, gosh, it seems, like, it seems like it's been a while, several issues ago.
0: Uh-huh. Um, have sales increased since the warnings have been taken off?
1: Uh I don't think it's affected in one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so... uh
0: you're just, yeah. trying, you're just trying to hook into that lucrative children's market there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I know that, I think that if, if I, uh, you know, if I if I was a kid and I picked it up, I, I think I would be horrified and, and afraid and I probably would stop reading it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I personally don't, I mean, I guess it doesn't bother me if the kid reads it, but, you know.
0: It's, it's funny what you I don't you,
1: think I would want my kid reading it.
0: It, it's funny, what, though, what you think... Like, I mean, I'm the same way. I get so much of this stuff in my office, and my kids are now getting old enough to read and discover all these crazy books that I've collected, and uh-huh. so I've got to hide things. Like, you know, something like this would be so tempting for them <laughs> to just pick up. and but, but, you know, I remember when I was uh, about my daughter's age, uh, my dad had some comics, and he had uh, some old Zap comics. And I remember uh, stumbling on one of those, and there was a strip where... I, some guy's chasing a woman down and he ends up like there's a scene where he props this girl's he says he's going to crap down her, <laughs> her ass because he can't find a toilet or something <laughs> like that it might have been a, a, a crumb comic or something but it sounds crumb, crumb yeah but I remember it was just so violent and horrible but I remember just, just laughing because it was just so absurd and funny and I think you know underneath it all if the comedy's there the subject matter really isn't uh I mean it's not like you're seriously advocating a. Uh, you know, giant cockroaches fuck the world or anything. Oh, I am. I'm (laughs) all for it. (laughs) I also noticed uh, you had a letter from uh, Mad Magazine legend Dal Jaffe. Mm -hmm. uh,
1: That was was when um, we both worked on this issue of uh, Vice Magazine. That was Mm -hmm. a comics issue, and it had all these different comic artists in it. And one of them, I edited the magazine, special guest editor, for that issue and, and Al Jaffe contributed uh, part of the cover we did sort of this jam cover where he did part of it and I did part of it and, wow um, so uh, he's the guy that
0: did the the mad fold-ins he's famous for that among other things right
1: yes um, so you know I, I, at that point I, I sent him some of my my comics and that was the response and he, he even drew like a little drawing of himself in the letter, uh, sitting on the toilet, reading my comic, which was funny.
0: Is do you have that bit of fear before? Like, you, I mean, you're obviously able to, you know, uh, so-called comic book legends aren't necessarily so inaccessible that you could, you know, talk to them and, and write to them and, and meet them. I mean, you know, if, obviously, if you're an actor, you're not going to necessarily meet the. You know the, the greatest actors in the industry because they're kind of far removed from people kind of rising up in it but you know in the world of comics it's always been very fan friendly mm-hmm. and so you know to, to have that moment when you're gonna reach out and, and share your work with with somebody like an al Jaffe is it kind of scary up until the point where you, you find out what they think of your stuff or
1: um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it was scary I mean I, I've always you know if I like somebody's work and and I decided to, uh, <clears throat> and I decided to send them something. Um, you know, I mean, there's been people that I've sent stuff to, and, and you know, I, I'll never hear back from them. Um, right. And then there's other people that I just kind of get. You can kind of tell when it's just sort of like, oh yeah, you got good stuff. You know,
0: <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah.
1: As if they're just kind of trying to blow you off. And then there's the people that you. You could tell are really uh, enthused about it, but I mean, I, I don't usually let it bother me if uh, you know if somebody is responding to what I'm doing or really take a uh, genuine interest in
0: it. You've had quite a lot of uh, famous people that have uh, let you know that they've enjoyed your work. Is, is well, I mean, it is,
1: it is nice that you know when you do send something to. Somebody that you like and you grew up with, or, or whatever, and, and uh, it's, it's really a great feeling to to hear that they, in turn, enjoy what you do. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, if, if, if it was the other way around and they aren't interested, it yet, you know, it, I don't think it bothers me too much either.
0: Yeah, I was kind of disappointed when. Um I uh, first wrote to John Wayne Gacy, and he. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, you're you're uh, you're a big hero.
0: Yeah, he he, <laughs> d- he said my uh, my clown paintings were rather amateurish, and it early, you know. Ouch. <laughs> it was it was quite a quite a burn.
1: But <laughs> so when you collect all those into a book, you can put that quote on the back.
0: <laughs> Did you hear that? Like, I guess you know how you. I guess he was selling all his stuff uh, through prison, or just giving people paintings while he was in prison, and. Some guy ended up buying, like, 40 of his paintings at an auction and then just burned them all. I did not hear that. He was, like, a, I think a parent of one of his victims or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he showed him. Yeah, that'll teach him. It's funny. I, I was reading this whole thing about writing to people in prison because this guy had, like, a, he wrote something to Charles Manson uh, just earlier this year, actually, and he, it was just something like, Hey, Charles, give me some words. And uh Manson wrote back. He just wrote the lyrics to "Be My Palula, She's My Baby" instead <laughs> of uh-huh. the thing, right? But there's all these like handy tips on, like you know, always write from a PO box. Never give your home address on the letter because, mm-hmm. like, they'll pass it around to other prisoners and they could come up with like crazy ways to blackmail you and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I had
1: a friend who used to do that. Who used to, uh, when he was doing zines and stuff, he, he used to. Make a point of sending stuff to prisoners and writing to them, and and they always they always wanted uh, hardcore pornography and non-sweet snacks.
0: Non-sweet snacks?
1: Yeah, you know, like pretzels.
0: Like ten-year-old boys,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, non. Although those are the sweetest snacks
0: <laughs> Brother, are you telling the truth, boy? But speaking of controversial uh, people here I noticed I'm kind of dwelling on your letters page here But uh you have a letter from a guy named Mike Diana The
1: next issue is going to be all letters
0: <laughs> <laughs> AYC Forum <laughs> Dear Johnny Ryan I can't believe I'm writing this to you But i got to tell you this
1: <laughs> I was in an airplane and
0: <laughs> but, but, but Mike Diana Is he the guy that did the Boiled Angel comic From long ago? Yeah Hey, this guy, uh, if the people don't know his story, I mean, he, uh, basically made just this crazy over-the-top offensive self-published comics, and the wrong conservative people in Florida got a hold of him, and he actually got what, put in jail for him for, for, uh, uh, obscenity, uh, laws or something like that?
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, he basically, part of his sentence was he wasn't allowed to make any more comic books, just, an... an, an uh, Unreal there but uh kind of funny to see he's a uh, writing to you there you can check out his stuff at testicle.com it's good that he got that domain Before <laughs> someone else did uh-huh. but uh so um yeah it's all this is the twelfth issue and uh you know it's, it's just full of just so many f- fun things there I mean w- when you're putting an issue like this together I mean is it a uh, like I- I- if you got a page laid out it's you know your uh, uh, a 12 panel page and, and i mean do you plan it out how do you plan out what, what goes on that page i mean do, is it a just sort of rough pencil it and see what happens from there or, or what do you what do you what's normally the process um, for you i
1: then? work uh i work pretty spontaneously you know i i when i start a a work or a story i i kind of uh, i have i might have a vague idea of what i want to do um or just maybe just like a couple of ideas, and then I'll start at a particular point, and then try to m- work my way from one idea to the next idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of I, I kind of make it up as I go along.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, do you, do you feel like you kind of just get in this sort of. Uh, um, Kind of sort of a groove where it's just all flying right out, and you can barely uh, get it on paper in time, kind of thing, or
1: um, it can it it can vary. There's times where uh, I'll start thinking of something, and that will automatically lead to something else, and you know, and then the ideas will just keep flowing. And then there's other times where I'm just pacing around, and I'm and I'm trying to think of something, and, and nothing's coming. So it it goes back and forth.
0: What would you say, like, like in an issue like this one here? I mean, what, what percent of what you create actually ends up in the comic? Uh,
1: what percent of what I create?
0: Like, how much ends up on the cutting room floor, you know, versus oh, what actually um, makes it through.
1: I'd have to say it's about 99.9% all on the page. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes I change rest, the spelling, yeah.
1: The rest is on the floor, yeah.
0: So, uh, h- how do you come up with something like um, swastika-shaped sh- bananas? That's a, a pretty novel banana. Yeah.
1: Um, just sort It
0: just kind of appears, and you and you let it yeah, out there. I was or?
1: trying to think of some some kind of like what kind of fruit would be on Boobs Pooter's plant? What would he be growing on? What would Boobs Pooter be growing on his plantation? It would have to be some kind of funny, offensive. Fruit, so I can just combine the two. Yeah, I mean, it's probably swastika like the most bananas.
0: most funny and offensive fruit you can think of. Probably would be swastika bananas. Mm-hmm. I don't think there. Now, now, you do. Uh, I think we mentioned this before uh, in a previous interview. You, you do uh, some uh, comic strips, uh, kind of single panel gags for uh, the Nickelodeon magazine. Sure. And um, I mean, are you ever torn? Where you like, you come up with a gag that could kind of go either way, like, wow, if I just you know put a couple dicks in this picture, it, it would be perfect for my comic, but or, you know, if I take the swastika banana out, it would be better for Nickelodeon. I mean, are there, are there ever, like, a gag so good you have trouble deciding where, where to use it?
1: Um, well, the, the deciding factor is which one is going to give me the, the most money. So that would be Nickelodeon. <laughs> so if I come up with a, a gag that is suitable for kids, and I send it to Nickelodeon, and they like it, then, uh, then yeah, they they can have it. Um, if I come up with a gag, and you know it, it, it's suitable, it's suitable for kids, but you know I if I wanted to, I could you know morph it back into back into an adult thing or whatever. And I send it, but at first I send it to Nickelodeon. They're not interested in it, then I see if I can you know change it a bit to make it uh, something that an adult might might
0: like you got another call coming in there? what's that? do you have another call coming in there? nope oh I thought I heard that call wait and click ability there or something no it's just static yeah you do you do um, a lot of uh, commissioned work as well where there someone might just contact you through your website I mean you've got I mean if if anyone goes to JohnnyR.com. They can kind of see a lot of what you got going on there. But I know, uh, you know, I've, I've, you have an example of someone wanted you to do a, uh, an illustration of Gene Rayburn. To you know, maybe some album covers, or could you do a, a cover for this? You know, uh, I mean, is it is it harder when somebody's? How would you? Um, I'll, I'll <laughs> let it all this mumbling out. Trust me. <laughs> but uh, how how is it different from from a creative standpoint When someone says Like uh, I'd like to pay you To draw an illustration That's exactly like this Versus Just coming up With something uh, Like Hey could you just do A couple gag Comics for this magazine I mean is it Is it harder Or easier When you To have that much direction Or, or Oh well hard?
1: I mean Gags are, are tough I mean you got to sit down you got to think of something Funny Whereas you know, if somebody wants just wants me to do an illustration or commissions me to do a drawing, they're telling me you know they're they're the boss and they're saying okay, we need an illustration of Darth Vader licking a lollipop, whatever you know, and then so that's what I'm going to do. But that looks really good
0: in my fire on my over my fireplace, (laughs) by the way. Thanks for Um, doing it.
1: They uh, you're welcome. Uh, But if they want you know if they're looking for gags, then you know I got to sit down and, and think of. You know something funny. So mm-hmm. gags are definitely harder, and, and it's it's weird in the in the magazine biz that for the at least in my experience, gags you get less money for doing gags than you do if if you're just doing an illustration. Um, you seem to make like twice as much if you know you just do an illustration, and than, than having to sit down and come up with a gag and then pitch the gags and you know it's like a whole gauntlet you have to go through, and you get paid less.
0: It's interesting what how many, uh, particularly, uh, more of the independent comic artists that you see all of their illustrations popping up in so many mainstream things, you know, like, uh, you know, Charles Burns doing all that stuff for Time Magazine and Rolling Stone, and, um, you know, obviously you see, uh, you know, just a lot, a lot of people do those things. I mean, is that? Uh-huh. I mean, I, I think there's this sort of myth that you could become a, a very rich comic book artist. I mean, it's it, you really gotta stay busy on a lot of angles, to me. Well, you gotta I mean,
1: hustle in it. You know, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta do a lot of different things because there's not there's not really one thing that is going to, you know, I guess unless you get like a nice TV sitcom Simpsons thing going. But you know, for the most part, you have to accumulate a whole bunch of different. You know, uh, jobs from you know weekly papers and magazines and you know all sorts of different things and all those different things sort of add up to pay for your meager living.
0: Now you do um, a, a weekly strip now, Blecky Yuccarella, mm-hmm. and um, wh- what's the the paper that that's published in?
1: Portland Mercury.
0: The Portland Mercury, mm-hmm. and it's also available on your website each each week as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you've Fanagraphics has already published one collection of that, and I, I guess you've got a, another one coming soon?
1: Yeah. Um, I thought it was supposed to come out in December, but last now I hear that it's not coming out till March, so
0: ah. I don't know
1: what happened with that, but uh, it should be coming out within the next few months.
0: So the back of your comic book covers uh, a lie now, right?
1: Yes, I lied. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs>
0: So what? What's uh, back to the letter page? I love going back to your letter page here. What What's the story with this this last letter where he says, uh, "Dear Johnny, I am publisher of Pacific Publish Company in Seattle." And oh, that
1: is um, uh, about a year or so ago, there was a small local paper in Seattle, uh, like the Beacon Hill Press or something like that, and
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, the. The, one of the editors was doing a crime spotter blog and every week uh, every week each crime there would be a crime like a highlighted crime within that crime spotter section uh, and this uh, is and like they, a
0: summary of crimes of the week of like yeah, so and so was uh, robbed or this store was held up or whatever Yeah, and th-
1: they, he would have a different artist illustrate the crime and for the most part, like, they were just kind of like goofy crimes. Um, like, I had, I previously had to do one of a woman, like, spitting on a bus driver or something like that. And he had a bunch of other, like, uh, Rick Altergott, uh, Eric Reynolds. He had a whole bunch of different artists to do uh-huh. a different, uh, illustration every week. And then, uh, one week he asked me to do, to illustrate a crime that was too uh two black people holding up a white guy with a butcher knife and stealing his wallet and um i was kind of like uh, okay you know uh that's what you want uh i i think i was somewhat was, was somewhat hesitant that, you know you were, you know you're asking to do this right but um but you know when I when I drew it I I kind of just drew it in sort of my normal goofy style. I I don't think like I had a, any kind of major agenda going on here.
0: Uh right, I mean you you make people look can make people look goofy and ridiculous regardless of their well, that's the racial thing, you know, background, I, yeah.
1: I mean this is a serious crime and and you know I'm I I draw funny comics and <laughs> I draw in a funny style and uh so you know that's what I did. You know, I, I I just pretty much, you know, just drew what the crime was. It was two black people robbing a white guy with a butcher knife. Um, and I think one of them was pregnant. The, uh, one, of the, one of the black uh, uh, criminals. And uh, so, right, I did the drawing. I sent it to him, and I think like the next day he called me and he said, "Look, our uh, my boss." senior editor is really concerned about the strong can you do it again and maybe not make it so
0: wide white them up a bit
1: yeah not make it so race specific <laughs> I mean I sort of wasn't into it because I didn't want to do more work I think I got paid 50 bucks for it and I, I really didn't want to do it again For you already
0: spent so much time on the original illustration yeah, yeah, yeah. Know,
1: um, and so you know, I, I really had no interest in doing it again Um, And I, I I mean, I guess I was wrong, but I was saying, like, eh, nobody's going to notice this. Who cares? You know, if you don't want to run it, don't. But, you know, I really don't think it'll be a big deal. Um, So the editor said, oh, okay, who cares? Nobody's going to notice. We'll we'll just run it. And so they ran it, and apparently they got into a lot of trouble. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know this, but apparently the little area around where the paper is distributed is, I guess, the.
0: Pretty black, black
1: huh? <laughs> a very black area. I mean, I, I I don't I don't really remember that too much. Uh, living in Seattle, I don't remember that area, but apparently it is. And and so you know, I guess their phone was ringing off the hook, and they, the next day they had to do like some big front page apology. And uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I still contest it. You know, if if they got like Norman Rockwell to draw that same image and and put it on the you know put it on that on that page. You know, people still would have been mad. You know, it's, you know, two black people robbing a white guy at knife point. You know, it's like, come on. What were they thinking? Um, and the thing is, too, is that the, the, you know, with the editor, if they didn't want to run it, they didn't have to. I mean, I just, they just told me to do it. I did it. If they didn't like it, you know, the buck stops with them. Right. And, uh, so yeah, they got in big trouble. And then the, the editor that I was dealing with said, uh, yeah, we got in big trouble, and I'm not mad or anything. But my boss really wants to call you. Is that okay? And I said no because I really didn't have any interest in being lectured.
0: Yeah, it's not I, like you're their employee. Like, why should I p- yeah, put up like, with I this shit anymore than I? Don't, that don't, I, I don't really
1: want to be lectured at by this guy. You know, if, you know, this is what happened, and this, you know, this is your problem, not mine. I just did what you told me to do. Right. And so, uh, so you know, I told him I didn't want to talk to him on the phone. So instead, he sent me that letter.
0: Also, oh, this is the letter from him. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, that, so you sort of, in a way, became the Michael Richards of the uh, comic book <laughs> world for a short amount of time. You mean
1: the greatest comedian <laughs> who's ever lived.
0: I think it's hilarious. But with that Michael Richards thing, by the way, which uh, not too far from your home where that took place. Oh really? You know, I mean, I guess it was an LA comedy club.
1: Oh yeah. So I did, I didn't even think you know,
0: about that with you and Richards together there it's sort of like the uh, the, the hotbed of <laughs> racism uh, <okay. laughs> but uh like Jesse Jackson saying you know that uh it's deplorable well first of all he, he uses Michael Richards by having him on his radio show to to uh, apologize yeah I, I, I was,
1: didn't I thought that was pretty lame where he, he came on the show and apologized and then the next very next day he was telling everybody to boycott the Steinfeld DVDs and right. The guy, the guy just apologized. Isn't that worth anything? <laughs> like, why like can't you on, can your on the
0: show if you're just going to fuck him over the next day? <laughs> he yeah. came over.
1: He came on your show and and and, and apologized to you. And, and I guess that was worth nothing. Well,
0: well and I just I, I think the hypocrisy of it's so funny that you know I remember in the early '80s uh, Jackson got in trouble himself because he referred to New York as Heimy Town. Mm-hmm. And and he was doing all this Damage control for that For so long It's just so funny that You know just He's so above that Sort of thing now Well I I you know.
1: decided that We have to remove the word Jaime from From uh, From the world as well You <laughs> we can't use that word
0: I had a friend named Jaime When I was in high yeah, school Yeah
1: so now you got to Call him something
0: else Yeah You have
1: to call him Jewish
0: <laughs> Hey Jew boy <laughs> Yeah I don't know So uh Anyway yeah so uh Angry Youth Comics Number 12 I think people can find it In uh, fine comic shops All over the country But uh, You know If uh, Comic shops are kind of A dying breed out there These days Aren't they It's kind of hard to find Good Well you obviously live In a a nice area Where there's some good
1: I live in a hotbed Of (laughs) comics A hotbed
0: of racism And comic shops
1: (laughs) California is the capital Of racism and comics
0: But I, I know In Sacramento We used to have At least You know Ten or more And there's maybe Like two You know You know but uh, I think you know, there's so much of this—the collector market of comics—kind of bottomed out. So it kind of now it's just like good comics you actually want to read and enjoy. So the the days of buying eighty copies of the latest issue of a comic as a investment are certainly gone. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but people can go to fanagraphics.com and order this too, right? Yeah. Cool. And then of course they could check out all your uh, other work there. There's there's definitely some. Uh, Trade paperbacks, collecting uh, your your older work, and, uh, and a lot of other stuff as well. So, uh, as always, uh, good stuff. And, and uh, what what can we look forward uh, from Johnny Ryan in two thousand seven?
1: Um, more Any comic more books,
0: more comics. Uh, but how many angry youth comics a year do you figure you usually try to strive to, to do?
1: Um, this year I did really well with that. I I came out with three. Issues of Angry Youth Comics
0: oh, That's pretty as good As well as
1: the that comic book Holocaust book Which was the collection of all those uh, Mini-comics that I did
0: Now is that um, still available through Alvin's Company?
1: That's available on BuenaventuraPress.com
0: Right, and for those of you who don't know what that's about It's just this great collection of these uh, um, Single-page uh, parody comics Making fun of... Uh, you know, comic book characters of all sorts and kind of crazy Makes, situations. I do parodies
1: of comic strips, Marvel comics, uh, alternative comics, etc.
0: Have you had many people w- requesting that you do a whole series on, uh, famous Charlton and Gold Key characters?
1: Um, no. Actually, I mean, I, I think there are a couple Gold Key titles in, uh, the, in the, the Holocaust book. Uh none that are coming directly to mind right now.
0: I was surprised when I was at the comic convention with you guys, uh hearing uh Jaime Hernandez talk about how like he's such a gold key comics nut and always try to find all those comics every show that he goes to. That was kinda uh-huh. funny. But uh and I, well, I see, remember I sent you that email saying you should do some monster parodies. You know, a lot of good monsters make fun of, you know. That's true. Sky's the limit. Wait, so right now you're you're currently on your website. People can check out a, uh your Classic Comics Club. Is that what it's called? Right. Spelled with K's. Mhm. And um.
1: The K and Classic Comic Club.
0: Yeah, and uh, so you're sort of kind of doing sort of a, a twisted version of Classics Illustrated comics. Mhm. In some cases, it's a <laughs> it looks like you maybe never even read the book, <laughs> but just know what the title might be. But some pretty. So far, I think
1: there's there there's like. <laughs> uh, maybe two cases in which I I don't think I've read the book. <laughs> I the know a ones... giant
0: talking vagina played a prominent role in uh, Great Expectations all, there, but that's a...
1: all the other ones I, I've read. But you know, I'm I'm trying to make them a little bit more hip for today's sophisticated audience.
0: That'd be great if there was some kid that used your comic strip as a as a as a shortcut for the book report one day. Yeah, or... they're
1: like they're like Cliff Notes. <laughs> I recommend using them for tests.
0: That's true.
1: And uh, you know, footnotes for your for your big book report.
0: Hey, and you're always hip on the latest video game stuff. What what's like the cool video game you recommend for people to play right now?
1: Uh, Guitar Hero 2.
0: Oh, okay. You're pretty good at that Guitar Hero, aren't you?
1: Uh. I I do all right.
0: You you kind of like a you know, what what's what's like the, the song you like playing on it right now that's like kinda challenging for you to master?
1: Um let me think. Well, sweet child of mine actually almost kicked my ass the other day.
0: Wow. Uh
1: Carry on My Wayward Son. That
0: oh, that's on, the on there? By Kansas? Yeah. Sure. Wow, that that's like you know <laughs> Olympic level there. Yeah. Is it is the real music?
1: No. Well, I mean, it's really music on there, but it's not the real, uh, it's not the real artist singing them.
0: But it's all like officially licensed stuff, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. That they got the songs. Sure. First... I saw a YouTube video of Ingve Malmsteen playing that song.
1: On um, Guitar Hero.
0: No, um, I, well, no, it's just uh, his own cover version of "Carry On, My Wayward Son." Mm-hmm. But he's, like, adding, like, eight extra notes for every note, like, embellishing everything, and <laughs> It's like, he's just, uh, it's almost like he's just masturbating with the guitar there, it's pretty funny He's cool Yeah Well, um, I guess I've ran out of stuff to, to talk to, with you about So, uh, yeah. you know, you know, I'll be asking you to tell me that story about Ed Gory again if we stay on <laughs> any longer there, so Maybe this is a good time, so uh, thanks. Enjoy your evening. And uh, everybody should, should check out Johnny Ryan's stuff. Go to johnnyr.com or buy his uh, comics at fanographics.com
1: And congratulations on your 100th podcast.
0: Aw, thanks so much. You're the ah. greatest. Ah. <laughs> all right, well, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. Hope you guys have a great uh, weekend. And um, make sure, again, you check out some... Uh, Independent comic book companies. Uh, Fantagraphics, there's a bunch of others there. And um, you can go to fantagraphics.com to check out Johnny Ryan's latest comic and, and, of course, his own website at johnnyr.com. I'm going to leave you today with the theme to Jan Michael Vincent's Glorious Show, Airwolf. Have a good day and we'll get back with you soon. <laughs>